You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is George again. I'm here with uh, Dr. Omei Wang, um, a distinguished guest indeed. Uh, Dr. Wang is an associate professor in the Joint Department of Biomedical Engineering uh, at the School of Electrical and Computer Engineering, Winship Institute, Institute for Bioengineering and Biosciences, and Institute for People and Technology at Georgia Institute of Technology and Emory University at the States. Uh, she's also a Kavli Institution Fellow, a Georgia Research Alliance Distinguished Cancer Scholar, Biocomputing and Bioinformatics Core Director in Emory Georgia Tech Cancer Nanotechnology Center, and co-director of Georgia Tech Center of Bioimaging Mass Spectrometry. Uh, Professor Wang's uh, research is in biomedical big data analytics with a focus on biomedical and health informatics for personalized and predictive health. Um, Dr. Wang, thank you very much for joining us, especially uh, grabbing you practically after delivering your your keynote speech. Thank you. So... Um, uh, tell us a, a few things before before we go into any details about your uh, your current work. So uh, you're probably one of the uh, uh, most uh, experts, uh, the biggest experts in the field. So what do you believe are some of the major challenges at the moment in biomedical and health informatics? So currently, the major challenge is uh, if we want to work on the informatics, we have mm-hmm. to have data. So I think that initially uh, the challenge is related to data acquisition. Uh, we're majority in, right now in the, uh, especially in the state, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the hospital. Only recently the EMR, EHR become a, a reality. In addition to that, uh, uh, traditionally a lot of uh, continuous monitoring uh, are not available. Mm-hmm. In the hospital, they only, for example, for intensive care unit, they only keep it for 40 hours, they dump it because they don't yeah. have infrastructure. Let me just interrupt you because some of our audience do not know the EMR is like the medical record. And oh, the electronic the, the uh, medical record. record. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we talk about hospitals, that's the electronic medical record. Yeah. If we're talking about chronic care at, at home, then it's the mm-hmm. same challenge, which is a personal health uh, record. How much you have infrastructure to archive it. Mm-hmm. If not, you want to put on the cloud. Are you uh, worry free about uh, the sec- security privacy issue? Yeah. Uh, so precisely. those are directly related. The first step mm-hmm. of is data access to data, mm-hmm. record the data. So it, yeah, it, it's, it's basically um, the, the entire life cycle, as you said, or the, the entire chain uh, that you need to gather data from from uh, uh, the, the, the hardware, from from the sensors uh, to um, uh, the, the the storage and processing means and algorithms, uh, but also to um, the issues related to privacy and regulation and everything, pretty much as you mentioned. Everything is changing as we speak, if I understand yes, it correctly, right? Exactly. Because there are several small individual disruptions taking place at the same time almost yes it's perfect timing so um uh, i understand some of your core work is uh, at the moment core research is on on, on how to improve uh, some of those individual steps the individual components that are necessary in order to make this data available collect this data 
made it available for for further analysis and also on all algorithms, right? So ca can you tell us a few more a few more details about the research that you're doing then? Okay, so I do want to uh, do a little bit of small differentiation here, mm -hmm. just for our audience' sake. Uh, right now, like when we are talking about a health information system that includes everything from the initial data generation, transmission, and processing, and then final presentation, right? So that's the entire pipeline on that angle. But when we come back to the analytics itself, mm -hmm. we're actually having a more zoomed-in version of that one block called the data and processing. Yep. We have actually five steps also. Uh, that's include the initial when we have the data, what are the data quality? And mm -hmm. in addition to that, how do we initially did the experimental design so our data sampling represent, represent the best distribution of that uh, population we're studying? That's the first step. Second step, usually people call information extraction, right? That's a, where we, if we work in the technical field, we heard too much about metadata, feature yeah, yeah. extraction. That's all related to that. The third step is very critical for biomedical and health. That's a knowledge modeling, which actually, unfortunately, being overlooked uh, most of the time, simply because it's very specialized, required domain expert like yeah. physicians to help. However, without that step, a lot of the initial... Uh, processing will not lead to fundamental uh, fix in terms of the health decision making, mm -hmm. right? So we still have to map to the uh, real knowledge. And the next step is uh, we can all have knowledge. By reading book, we can all get knowledge. But knowledge is not equal to decision. So decision making based on the knowledge is very critical. Mm -hmm. And the last step, and also it's a very critical step, is after we make a decision, decision is not equal to a real change. Real change required action. Action, however, sometimes some knowledge can lead to actionable items. Some cannot. Mm -hmm. So that's the entire loop is the informatics pipeline. On top of that, there are two important factors, uh, which we call the P word. One is related people, right? Mm -hmm. In the entire chain, you work with people and there, so each single step required. For example, knowledge modeling required, uh, input from the real physicians, right? Mm -hmm, Domain mm -hmm. expert or scientist. And then if you're talking about the uh, action, require a real care provider, parents for kids, sick kids, nurses, right? They have to follow the recommendation if, when you get the decision. And then second part is also very critical. That's policy. A uh, lot yeah. of the uh, challenge right now, we just talk about data, is first of all, we not we don't have many data. Second of all, we had data. We cannot read each other's data <laughs> because it's not standardized, right? So that's why we have to also have a policy to make sure we can actually having the standard available. So, for example, if you measure your glucose, hopefully you measure your glucose, everyone in the whole world can read it, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's all different property, digital format, different uh, representation. Some using a nanomolar, some using lead, microliter, all different kind of units. You don't even know wh where they are anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, all these uh, form the foundation for this uh, uh, big data analytics uh, uh, backbone. So research. it's interesting uh, because your analysis followed basically a top-down approach of, of uh, 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 analytics in health data. But I was actually wondering, uh, I wanted to have your opinion on um, all those uh, devices and commercial products that are, are, are off the shelf at the moment, uh, marketed as um, 
lifestyle devices, all the wearables and uh, and that uh, fitness trackers and so on and so forth, that in a way um, uh, collect similar or equivalent type of information that could be also usable for for healthcare healthcare purposes. So uh, I'm wondering if um, this bottom up. Uh, if you want um, disruption that is happening at the same time, do you think it can affect or disrupt indeed the healthcare as well? Or are we going to see two different ecosystems building one for the uh, like um, uh, lifestyle devices that can uh, survive in its own like business sphere and commercial sphere? And then we have dif- completely separated healthcare systems, which might also offer the similar kind of, of, um, of uh, functionality and similar kind of, uh, um, of um, services behind them, but are built around like the traditional healthcare models from, you know, the state kind of uh, healthcare models and the big companies with the legacy products that are already in healthcare institutions and they sell their own uh, um, uh, big legacy solutions. Do you think those two co- coexisting or colliding at some point? Uh, so in my own like opinion, I think, uh, uh, in fact, uh, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, the current uh, healthcare system is uh, a fee for service, right? You mm-hmm, get sick, mm-hmm. you go to see patient, uh, the physicians, go to hospital, <clears throat> and then whatever time you take them, take the base time, you pay for that. They don't care about your outcome. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, right now, the push because we can no longer, the whole society can no longer afford that kind mm-hmm. of healthcare cost. So that's why there's a, that push from the internal world in the very micro high level scale mm-hmm. for these uh, healthcare provider institution to start uh, getting into outcome uh, driven yeah. kind of research, yeah. rather, uh, the care rather than the traditional. So that's why we call the value based system, right? Mm-hmm. Evidence. Value-based system. So that's actually one angle because otherwise the entire country will go to broke, right? And then on the other hand, in terms of the patient, as I I also mentioned in my talk, it's very critical to differentiate population from individual, okay? Mm -hmm. Population is very important. We need that group-based statistics to help us direct uh, having a common wisdom. However, in reality, it's still automated map to each individual. We have to also have care about the individual. If you're talking mm-hmm. about individual level, who cares each individual the most? It's ourselves. Yeah. And also, if it's kids, it's parents, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why some people say, oh, the PHR cannot be adopted. This is a lot of people early saying. From day one, I actually disagree. I think a PHR one day will be uh, utilized. PHR stands for personal mm-hmm. health record mm-hmm. simply because we use the traditional system, collect a lot of data in hospital, centralized data. Those eventually can lead us to population base. But eventually when it come down to each of us, we still need to personalize. Personalize, nothing can be better than personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a healthcare, health record, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think this two thing, it's one day it's going to merge. It's going to work together. It's, they're not going to be one uh, replaces the other. Uh, because uh, otherwise, uh, and the truth is you can have your own completely, completely your personal uh, situation. Mm-hmm. But without uh, knowing the common knowledge, it's not going to help you. So you are willing to get that part, right? And meanwhile, uh, the, as I said, the healthcare system is no longer able to sustain. Mm-hmm. In the odd models. So they are going to come back to reach to you. Look at what you have. So they can actually improve the outcome. So they 
they actually don't get penalized, right? In U.S. right now, the readmission under 30 days will create a penalty for the care provider. So that's actually a, a one way to to help our mm -hmm. providers mm -hmm. to pay attention. That's very interesting, actually, that you you put on one hand the knowledge about the, the detailed knowledge about the individual, which is represented, let's say, by the personal health record, yeah, and uh, which um, is is the is the probably the, the closest touch point to what I was uh, referring earlier on about all those also standalone devices and commercial products that we see, and at, on, on the other hand, the aggregate knowledge that is acquired by bigger institutional like mechanisms that can uh, use all this uh, combined knowledge. This is uh, uh, very interesting indeed. But uh, unfortunately, because we don't have too much time, and uh, I normally I have this uh, bad name of uh, overusing uh, my time, uh, I would also like to say a few things about um, the initiatives that you're leading and the work that you're doing in um, uh, better education for uh, both for data scientists but also for communities for uh, uh, patients and for every for the entire ecosystem basically so uh, tell us a few things about the work that you're doing at the moment okay so uh, right now uh, if you're talking about the healthcare there are four different stakeholders mm -hmm. uh, one stakeholder definitely is the patient right and second one is the physician third one is the hospitals but we shouldn't forget there's another one payer right mm -hmm. the insurance mm -hmm. they are paying for that so then, when we actually start talking about the, the, right now, utilize the big data analytics, mm -hmm. utilize the informatics for education. In fact, we ha really, we have totally two different kind of a group. Yeah. One group is a real young scientists, right? Young, uh, physicians. Because right now, in US, at least the, the informatics like officially being introduced as one. Mm -hmm. uh, specialty mm -hmm. under medicine, it can be board certified. For no, okay. Knowing that, and so then for this group of people, education involves uh, uh, the teaching them the technique so they can analyze data. But don't while we're doing that, we cannot forget the other four groups, right? So that's the reason why, in terms of education, we have uh, several different uh, level of education effort mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for our real like a. Uh, uh, younger scientists who want to learn what's uh, big data analytics in biomedicine is, we actually, the Georgia Tech officially, we actually generally started a, a data analytics track master program, online program, where many students can just take online courses to do that. Mm -hmm. And then under that big umbrella, we have one specialty is related to biomedical and health analytics. Mm -hmm. So we're in the middle of uh, developing that curriculum. So we have uh, started with four, four, uh, five different courses, right? Okay. So one is related to EHR. One is related to interoperability of healthcare system. Uh, I am the one mainly in charge of the data analytics. Uh, and then we also have a faculty focused on visualization, data visualization. Okay. Now we have one more faculty focused on behavior. Uh, so that's actually targeting to train a real engineer data scientist engineer who can handle this. Hmm. Second level of education is a patient education, centric education. That's where we actually start. We find we, there's some statistics showing that a lot of time we ignore the health issue because we don't know the, what, how to take care of it. And also we don't know what's the potential implication. Mm -hmm. So that's why we create a lot of a very quick technology tool to have the uh, patient themselves or 
parents, family members to create all these online uh, information about how to take care. For example, asthma kids, right? When they have asthma attack at that moment, what are the right procedure to take? So we have the, those people to create this uh, training material so the patient can get it educated. Once we create all the material, we put it online, and then we have all the patient going through the training mm-hmm. so and they can access anytime. Even they are traveling, whatever, something happened, they have a phone. They yeah. can immediately watch it, decide how to do it. So that's a patient. For physicians, the, the providers, our right now focus on like hospital also, right? Hospital and uh, physicians. We actually be the one, help them mine all those uh, data they have. But then we need to design a dashboard, uh, the interface to make those data available on the time they're seeing the patients or real time. And also we want to pre- present a lot of different scenarios so, so that when they actually look at this, they really feel this is to become assistant mm-hmm. rather than it's too difficult. I'm not going to use it, right? So that's involved another level of education. Then we have one last level of education right now uh, is related to, to payer model. Mm-hmm. But particularly, we're not at this moment working with payers. We're mainly working with the healthcare system, the leadership. We actually tell them how by changing the healthcare flow, the protocol, they can save cost. Right. And then also how much, what kind of a model they provide so it can better chance of getting reimbursed. Right. So, yeah. so that's why education is on all four levels. And I devoted, uh, I would say a lot of my research time on the payer, the physician and, and also patient. And then on my, edu- on my teaching time, I spend a lot of time just teaching our students how mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. analyze the data. It's it's indeed uh, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it's, uh, it's you've covered every angle. I think it's like a three sixty degrees, like a, 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 a scheme of of all the different uh, uh, areas, all the different stakeholders that need to be educated for at, at different levels, as you pointed out uh, vertically and horizontally. It's it's, it's indeed amazing. But I, I also think that uh, you've touched uh, at the end of of your description at the very. Uh, essence of the first steps, which is change management and how you basically um, uh, uh, start from the people who are the decision makers and the key stakeholders and how you manage them before everything else. Otherwise, everything else is going to be yet another uh, nice to have thing that will never <laughs> exist, uh, which hopefully not going to be the case in this particular case. So, uh, Dr. Wang, this is, uh, as I said, very, very interesting and um, extremely fascinating stuff and a lot of information, I think, to to ingest for our audiences and uh, for ourselves. Uh, thank you very much again for, uh, for your time and for making it here for uh, this interview. It was great to have you. Thank you. And as I said, uh, you actually touched upon a lot of many <laughs> things we always think about it, the grassroots approach versus top down, right? So I, there's one thing I, I didn't answer your question early on, but I maybe make my last comment uh, mm-hmm. uh, sure. before, which actually related to social media. And mm-hmm. uh, so cross sourcing, right? So uh, like a, a resource like a patient like me can be directly utilized uh, while we're moving to that direction. That's definitely a grassroots. Uh, really okay and then uh, decision making that's top down mm-hmm. eventually they meet in the middle so everyone gets a benefit of it exactly. thank you very much thank you thank you dr wang this is uh, george vulgaris for tech talks central
You're listening to Tech Talk Central.